Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 404, covering E-Frame and Dot and Children of Mars. Hi friends, this is the final pair of shorts Mm -hmm. before new things happen. And what will we talk about this week? We don't know. Uh, yeah, this is, this, I mean, we say this every time we do shorts, this threatens to be a very quick episode, but. I mean, there's, comparing one of these episodes to say Trouble with Edward, like, the content is not a lot of it. Yeah, and, and that's not a quality judgment. Like, no, I still not at think all. all of these shorts have had something to recommend them, like, they're not perfect, but there's a good variety of things. Mm-hmm. And, but sometimes that means, like, with the, I would say with the second short that we're covering this week, uh, sometimes they're just about a mood. Yeah. Like, it's not really a plot so much as just, here's here's five minutes with some characters mm-hmm. and feeling what they're feeling and seeing what they're seeing, and that's it. And it's certainly not a bad thing. Uh, it no. is. It does make it hard to discuss on your, on your ostensibly hour-long program. Yeah, no, this probably won't be an hour. Yeah. I mean... Then again, mm-hmm. the, in in recent months, uh, we have managed to summarize uh, the royal family. Well, yes. And uh, Bravest Warriors. Mm-hmm. Like, things that don't seem very summarizable. That's true. So I think we can manage. I mean, we so are that professionals. Said, that said, uh, I, I did sort of throw you under the bus with the second one on purpose. Like, uh, sorry, not sorry. Yeah, a little, little bit. <laughs> Just because, like, I, I had just watched it. That one dropped only a week ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to summarize this. Uh, you know what? Let Matt do it. <laughs> now it's your problem. Yep, exactly. But but you stepped up. So. Hey, you cool if I take the first one? Yeah, why not? You don't know what they are. You hadn't seen them yet. Nope. <laughs> I, I watched them, like, when they dropped and then again for the show. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so that said, let me let me tackle the easier of the two. Sure thing. Ephraim and Dot. Hey, remember the whole mycelial network tardigrade thing? Yeah, I'd almost forgotten about all of that very much intentionally, but now we're doing it all again. Oh, good. Except, okay, this isn't so bad. That little guy's kind of cute, actually. And she's laying some tardigrade eggs, which I guess are a thing, why not? In the safest and most nurturing place a mother could store her delicate young, aboard the Starship Enterprise under the command of the legendary Captain James Tiberius Kirk. I think if you've seen even one episode of the original series, you begin to see the small flaw in this plan. But in addition to eugenic tyrants suffering from fatigue, that giant green glowing hand, and yes, even good old Space Lincoln in his space chair, there's another threat aboard old NCC-1701, a security robot. Now, okay, we never actually saw one of these things aboard the ship in 79 episodes of the original of the original series or the three movies the ship was featured in, but also... We've never really been the type of show that cares too much about that sort of thing. And also, also, I love me some robots, so I'm going to allow this. What follows is a delightful series of Tom and Jerry-style chase gags over the lifetime of the Enterprise, ending with the hatching of the tardigrade eggs just as the ship approaches orbit around Genesis, which, as we all know, is planet forbidden. And maybe you can't actually hear Christopher Lloyd's crews yelling, Get out! Get out of there! as the self-destruct sequence activates, but, uh... Well, I absolutely inserted it there myself. 
as, as Jim's does what he had to do, what he's always done, turn death into a fighting chance to live, the tardigrade understandably freaks the fuck out over what she's certain is the loss of her babies. But then it turns out the robots suddenly realize she was protecting her eggs this whole time and not just contaminating the ship for no very good reason. So it stored the eggs safely in its own chest cavity, which I guess doubles as a tardigrade incubator? Sure, what the hell. I mean, if we're going to retcon robots onto the Enterprise anyway, why not make them as useful as possible, right? I love that it's just accepted that all robots have chest cavities to just store crap in. Uh, no, specifically tardigrade eggs. Mm -hmm. And only tardigrade eggs. I'm 30% tardigrade eggs. Donk, donk. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, like, for a minute, I was like, oh, do I care that there's a robot here? You know what? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. You know there's there's people out there who do, though. Oh, absolutely. So I have a note, in, I have a thing in my notes here where where it's like, well, now, hang on. This couldn't have. Yeah, there's, and then it's like, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a wonderful little tribute to the original series. And as soon as I figured out that's what they were doing, I was so happy. Yeah, same. Like, Absolutely. they do this bit where, like, it shows the, the, the tardigrade sort of peeking in through the window, and they're doing ra or, uh, uh, Space Seed. Yep, and Tom's I was just, in there talking about how fatigued he is. Yep, with actual uh, uh, sound from the episode, and I was just like, oh, mm -hmm. yay! Yeah. No, and I thought, okay, so all of this is based around that episode, mm -hmm. but because, and they, they established this at the beginning, that... Um, uh, the tardigrade, like the time passes differently. Like this whole chase doesn't happen over three years or, or however long by its perspective. I mm. don't think, I think it just sort of continuous, but to us, yeah, you know, it happens over like the whole life of the enterprise, which is great. Mm -hmm. I love that. That being said, you and I both went, did naked time come before or after space seed? Yeah. I thought naked time was earlier, but then, we also complained about how early it came mm -hmm. in next gen and maybe I was I don't know. Yeah. No, it's really know. it's really just original series greatest hits stuff. You're just, just like you know all this stuff stuff even if you didn't watch the show back in the day. Yeah, and it's done in a way that is not like uh, it doesn't feel pandery no. exactly. Like it doesn't feel like hey, you remember that cuz all it's all happening in the background. We're seeing yeah. it from a different POV, so it's not, you know. It's just you know, it's really it's really cool. And like, I mean, this is my good thing. They're blasting like old style, old original series style music that I really mm -hmm. enjoyed. Well, and that's I was just trying to look up and I, I wasn't able to find it right this second. I believe the music was done by Michael Giacchino, who does the music for the Abrams movies, because he he actually directed this. Oh, no kidding. That's cool. And I'm pretty sure he did the music, too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, my guess is he directed it because music in this kind of animation is such a, like, an essential part of it. Oh, yeah. That he just sort of, like, wrote the music and sort of, like, set the beats of what happened, and then, you know, the animators did it, mm -hmm. would be my guess. But, uh, yeah, it was great seeing his name pop up. Yeah. And, and, yeah, the music was such a good, like, the music in Next Gen always steered so far clear of the 60s, and then even in DS9, when they went back to sure. the 60s in, in Trials and Tribulations, it's like, you guys could do that music, you know, and they're mm -hmm. so scared too. And here it's like, ah, fuck it. A lot of that, a lot of that, the, that uh, post original series stuff felt very afraid of the original series. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, there's a balance because mm -hmm. the other side of that is, hey, here's Spock again. Yep. But this was good. I like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hearing that music is great. No, it was just, it was, it was a really cool, like, 
tribute to the original series, and it's such a weird thing. Just in ge- like, you want to talk about how like Trouble with Edward is something we've never seen before on Star Trek. This is not like th- I, I. There's a certain type of fan that this fucking enraged. I'm sure. Oh, undoubtedly, and like I said, it is a very sort of Tom and Jerry Road Runnery kind of like. Like all of the the classic cartoons about one thing chasing another thing. It's literally just missing the robot putting down a box of tardigrade chow under an yep. anvil. Mm-hmm. Um. And and yeah, my good thing is, like you said, it was a great excuse to take us through the life of the original Enterprise. Like, yeah. I loved when we popped up over what was like, oh, is that Genesis? Oh, oh, it is. Yeah. The ship's about to blow up because that's where this ship ends. Like, yeah, the story kept going, but that's where this ship dies. Yeah. That's, and, that's good. I like that. And uh, all, it, it's nice, too, because, like, Trek 3 is not something that gets touched on a lot because everyone no. thinks it's bad and it isn't. Yeah, they're wrong. Yeah. But, like, that like that last bit with the Enterprise self-destructing is so good. Yes. And just yes, having it, it here is just also very good. No, and again, it's about the life of the ship. And... I I wish I paid more attention to how the ship looked because I bet when we jumped to the movie era, they probably changed it, like changed the design like mm. they did in the motion picture. But that's never been a thing I care about all that much. I know there's people out there who sure. do. And I bet I, I'm guessing they paid attention to that because yeah. it feels like a thing that they would. The first thing I noticed, there's a lot of uh, close ups of the uh, the Enterprise right at the beginning of the short when the tardigrade crashes into it. And it. Mm-hmm. The number one thing it reminded me of was how it looked on the old uh, animated series. Yeah. Like, they, re- they really sort of make that it look like that style, but, like, you know, spruced up. Right. Now, that said, my bad thing is sort of the animation. Actually, we both kind of said the same thing here. Yeah. The the weirdly shaded, no outlines animation style. Like, I, I watch some cartoons. I'm not mm-hmm. hugely steeped in, like... A lot of modern animation. I know I I could name five, maybe ten shows that I watch out of the hundreds that are sure. out there. So I I'm not an expert by far. Is this a popular style right now? Like I've I seen am... it in like um, Star Wars Resistance does sure. this. Y- you know the look I'm talking about. I yeah I know what you mean, and I have no idea honestly. And I didn't like it in that either. That's one of the things that put me off about that show. It just I don't know. I like a nice outline around the main guy to set them apart from the. <sighs> I don't know. I think it's it's to make the CG look less like CG and more like hand drawn. I think sure. And I just I don't I don't care for yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not it's not my. It feels like half finished almost. Like, well, yeah. And this is kind of like you you kind of expanded on this in your bed thing. Well, yeah. Like the tardigrade itself looks weirdly out of place within the Enterprise. Everything else everything else is rendered too realistic, and she's rendered too cartoony. It's like mm-hmm. Roger Rabbit walking around in the real world or Homer Simpson buying an erotic cake. I mean, we don't know what she did after she ran off with the babies. That's maybe, true. Maybe she bought them erotic cakes. Who knows? Ooh, erotic cakes. I mean, Harry Mudd's probably got an erotic cake stand somewhere. <laughs> Would very much like to see Harry Mudd try to sell a 3D Homer Simpson erotic cake. <laughs> Mr. Simpson! If I had money like that, I'd be sipping jippers on a beach right now. I'd be sipping flaming moes on a beach right now. <laughs> Look fabulous in the cape. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, what else like, indeed? That might be, like, it was great. It was fun. But I think that's about all I have. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, have a, I have a friend. I don't want to out them. Mm-hmm. 
who it is not Amanda though. Who <laughs> does not who well well because this sounds like an Amanda thing, mm-hmm. and it's it it was not her. I, that's not a joke. It was not Amanda, who doesn't like cute things. Sure, and absolutely hated this short because it was very cute. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, but. You know. I like me some cute. I like I, I like Lil Mike in the last one, and I like this. I like, you know, I'm fine with this kind of thing as, like, something that we can explore with the shorts, you know? Yeah. No, and again, each one of these has a very different feel. Like mm-hmm. you said, The Trouble with Edward was started out as comedy and turned into horror. It sure did. And this was, like, a, a wacky chase. Yeah. But also tinged with a little potential tragedy near mm-hmm. the end. No, like, you... You you've been saying for years that like doing a Trek anthology thing would be really cool just because it gives it, it's a big universe play yeah, around in it. It lets it really lets the creators like sort of stretch their legs and do anything. Yeah. And I love that anything includes this weird little thing. Yeah, and also like uh, with well, we'll get into it in a sec. Like they're now expanding even further, like beyond. Well, I guess this isn't really Discovery related either. Like mm. apart from. Those robots appeared first in Discovery. Yeah, but I mean, this is 100% this original series. Yeah, this isn't even Pike's Enterprise, though. Like, that's that's always been our tangential connection mm-hmm. to the Enterprise is like, here's, you know, here's, um, what's his name is Pike. Yep. Why can't I think of his Ansem... name? Anson Mount. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, I was Hanson like, Anson. Anson. <laughs> Anson Williams. No, that was Potsy on Happy Days. Probably mm-hmm. not him. Probably not him. The only other Anson I can think of, though. <laughs> um... But yeah, this was this has nothing to do with Discovery now that I think of it. So yeah. good. Do yeah. more of these and don't like do them all the time, man. Yeah. Like pump one of these out every couple of weeks. Yeah. I'd, be I'd into take it. one of these a month. Like that sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And just you know, keeps people's interest up on the show and gives us something to do. Yes, exactly. Uh anything else? Um I noticed that the uh the little robot makes uh uh noises like Rosie the robot, which made me laugh. Uh, that noise predates the Jetsons. Is that from, uh, like, Forbidden Planet? And I just don't uh, know that? Probably. I, I'm pretty sure it was used on the original series at some point, though. Okay. It's one of those stock sci-fi sound effects that, of course, Hanna-Barbera didn't design their own. They just, like, sure. stole someone else's. Yeah, of course. <laughs> just like, dunk, dunk, whatever you say, yeah. Mr. J. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Guess what? This voice was from before Batman the Animated Series. I mean, yes, w- women did sound like they were from Brooklyn before, mm-hmm. you know, before Harley Quinn. <laughs> that did happen. Uh, anything else? I think that's everything. All right. Uh, we did not do quotes this time because uh, each of them had a tiny little bookend mm-hmm. of like 30 seconds of dialogue and then nothing. So it's like we could pick the one line in the thing or nothing at all. Yep. So. No quotes for either of these. Uh, Okay, on to yours, Children of Mars. I am impressed that there's so many words here. (laughs) Children of Mars. All right. Meet Kima. She's a little alien girl going to school on Earth while her mother works on Mars. Meet Lil. She's a little human girl who goes to school on Earth while her father works on Mars. They fucking hate each other. Now, it might be because Lil's drawing of their teacher got Kima in trouble. It might be because Kima tripped Lil in the fluorescent light library. It might be because their little school blazers make them both look like Admiral Kirk, but it basically escalates into the two of them beating the shit out of each other next to the bike racks after school. They're both caught by the stuffy Vulcan Dean, who looks like he's about five seconds away from, procra- pro- bleh, from proclaiming that something is highly irregular, when footage reaches Earth that Mars is being attacked by alien invaders. 
When reached for comment, Honored Admiral and Savior of the Universe at least eight times, Jean-Luc Picard, calls the attack tragic and a pretty exciting lead-in for a television show. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to have to start practicing that voice, right? Yes. Just I, I picture you like... I am. I'm Captain uh-huh. Picard. Doing that old cartoon thing where you're like spraying the, the throat coat mm-hmm. in with the old timey like the bulb squeeze you know what I'm talking about yep yep I'm <coughs> picking Our grapes out Picard. in my backyard mm-hmm. Captain Picard yellow leather red leather <laughs> number one does my best we name the dog number one here's my good friend number one mm-hmm. he's a puppy <laughs> so yeah this was this was pretty good yeah like nice I'm gonna sort of uh Hey, guess what starts next week type thing, you know? Yeah, and and this is my good thing. It's cool that the focus, I, I guess, I didn't think of this when I wrote this mm-hmm. because the other one was about the original series, but it's cool that the focus of the shorts is expanding beyond just peripheral discovery-related stuff. And yeah. as, a, as a lead-in for Picard, this got me interested in what he's up to mm-hmm. like before the series started. Yeah. And in a way that might have detracted from the main story if they included this, like, this... this little slice might not have fit there it'd be a weird sort of i could see this as like the cold open for the show well my my concern after i wrote this i i thought wait what if one of these girls is like because we've seen in the trailers he's concerned about some young woman i hope it's not one of them i hope these are just little girls who were affected by this who don't really pop up we don't see them again it's just a nice sort of like here's a tragedy that happened and here's how it affected two regular people who happened to be involved mm-hmm. instead of goals yeah instead of these are very important people who will pop up again like i i would much prefer this sure as a slice of life thing mm-hmm. just, just i like you know. showing how like this big this big space massacre affects just you know people yeah i mean it had a very sort of like uh 9-11 vibe absolutely like, would you know things terrible things are happening like you're doing your everyday thing mm-hmm. and suddenly the grown-ups are looking at their like the future equivalent of their phones yep. and like they're flashing red like what what's going on why is everyone so quiet and serious and why does our dumb fight not matter anymore yeah. well because well, something... mars blew up yeah and i didn't catch this the first time i saw it mm. but the second time if you look at the display it says uh or to say rogue uh rogue synths attack oh, mars that's interesting so i think my guess is that's going to tie into data that would be really cool, sort of finally. Yeah, because, like, I I was worried they were just going to, I don't know, on the one hand, hand-waving it and just say Data's alive again, who uh-huh. cares? Nemes- Nemesis sucked anyway, who cares? Yeah. Would be fine. But if they turned it into part of the story, that might be good, mm-hmm. too. They finally uh, did what Data always was afraid of. and uh, Well, he's uh, dead. He can't stop it anymore. Exactly. And started Bruce, making a bunch of them. Yeah, Bruce Maddox is out there building an army of Datas, and look what happened. Although, as we talked about Way back on Voyager, uh, they already did that with the hologram, so. Yeah, that's that's true. Thanks course, a that, lot, Starfleet. That that classic episode, Gem and the Holograms. Yep. How can we forget? It was truly outrageous, Al. Truly, truly, truly outrageous. I prefer the Misfits. Their songs are better. <laughs> Speaking of songs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Go off. <sighs> so this this whole thing was basically a music video. Yep. I've talked a lot about how I don't really like contemporary music in Star Trek. To me, the far future is almost like a fantasy setting where music we listen to now just really wouldn't be relevant. And man, the choice to set this to a whiny Dave Matthews style ballad was a bad choice. Uh Not only do I particularly not care for the song, but it's going to date this short badly. Mm -hmm. Like 
never mind the production values of of the 60s and the 80s and the 90s like trek should have a sort of timeless quality apart from that 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 you could watch it any time and apart from saying well this was obviously made then mm-hmm. it shouldn't feel like it was made then apart from sort of the production look of it and this just screams somebody in 2020 who grew up in the 90s made this yeah now i didn't realize cuz you wrote down that this is a bowie song it's a I bowie didn't know song that. that they it's a cover of a bowie song Ah. And they fucking butcher it. It just, it sounds like jangly Dave Matthews. Well, you gotta watch out when Uh, Mars is on fire. I just, I didn't, and... Sad little girls. And it wasn't like it popped up near the end. It was the whole thing was set to this. It plays for the entire short. I'm all for Star Trek exploring different things and and trying new things. We've been talking about that the whole time. Not like this, though. Yeah. (laughs) Not you. Not this. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess I kind of, like, objectively, this is trying something different. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I feel like, again, I think it violates the, the illusion of being in the far future, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I get it. Here's, here's some music that you could listen to on adult contemporary XM Sirius right now. Ugh. <laughs> no, I, that does, the contemporary music doesn't bother me. This song bothered me because it sucks. No, it's, uh, I think Brian pointed out, like, it would be like listening to, I don't know, Turkey in the Straw or something <laughs> now. Like, like music from 300 years ago. I mean, I do listen to Turkey in the Straw occasionally, so. Uh, unironically? Yeah, it's a good song. It goes like this. If you're not bouncing up and down on your knees, I'm going to be very disappointed. You know I am. I'm also I mean, playing the xylophone on a cow's teeth. Where did you get a cow? He was in back. Oh. All right. What? Everyone's buying instruments. I got a cow so I can play its teeth like a xylophone. You could just buy a xylophone. Yeah, that seems like a lot of work. All right. Much but less work to buy a cow. I just feel like if they'd set this to like a stirring score. Uh-huh. Like, I like the choice of no dialogue. Sure. Like, at the very beginning, we showed the little girls uh, checking in with their parents mm-hmm. on Mars. Like, there was, you heard the parents talk. We never heard these little girls talk the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the rest of the episode, it's all body language and faces, and it's all very good. Uh, yep. It, it's uh, just just mute it basically after the parents stop talking. Just mm. just hit mute. Yeah. Because all the action's good. It's just ugh. well, and like we know for a fact, like the modern Trek stuff can do like really good, like score. You know, well, like, it's see one of the, the previous. Like. Yeah, exactly. Like it's one of the but, things I like about current Trek. Yeah. No, I mean we got stuck in this in this sort of samey thing in the in the '90s in the Rick Berman era, and come to find out in like in the uh, the 50 year mission, Rick Berman specifically gave instructions: don't make the score too interesting. Yeah, he he said those words. Yep, because he didn't want it to overpower the action, mm-hmm. which is that's not that's not how score works. On the list of dumb shit Rick Berman's done, which is a long ass list. I mean, it's one of the dumber things. It's not one of the most insulting or one of the most hurtful. Well, that's a bunch of different. Of... There's a bunch of different lists. The sins of Rick Berman. Uh, yes. Wow. I've been I've been trying to come up with uh, like good titles for Endeavor episodes. The mm. sins of Rick Berman has to <laughs> has to fit somewhere. Uh, what was your bad thing? Oh man. Um, I. Once again, short, so it's hard to find bad things. But, man, yeah. I fucking hate the big achieve and grow signs that they hang in the school. They're on, like, big, like, view screens that are just hanging from the ceiling. 
I especially hate that the Achieve one looks like it's the old Paramount logo. Oh, I liked that, actually. I noticed that, too, and I kind of liked that. At this point, I really hope that we've evolved beyond the need for a picture of a falcon attacking a fish and the words, give a care in big blocky letters, but apparently not. See, now, I, you're not wrong that it's it's cheesy and terrible, but on the other hand, it's really good shorthand. Like, what is this building we're in? Are these kids in military? Oh, no, they're just in regular school. This yep. is a school. Look at that. Yep. That, is, that is a school. Like, I would have loved to have seen, like... More stuff that you actually see in like a like a school, like you know, student council elections or like projects that like kids have worked on, stuff like that. Nah, you know, I don't know. I I thought this was it felt like a deliberately terrible detail that mm. fit. Like the the future is a perfect utopia, but it's also kind of just the medium place. You know? Yeah, exactly. We've still got uh, big "They Live" signs everywhere. Yeah. Like, it's dumb. It's terrible. I hate them, too. But Mm -hmm. school is, like, no matter when you are, school is always going to, like, drain your will to live a little bit. Sorry, even in the future, this sucks. Yep. You know, it's not like kids suddenly are born loving everything anyway. Like, there has to be a little of that. Builds character. Thanks a lot, Calvin's Calvin's dad. dad. Yep. (laughs) I you go uh, run around in the rain for a while. It builds character. Uh-huh. Uh, what else? Uh, I liked uh, I liked the uh, the stuffy Vulcan Dean. Yeah, we did the we did that shot that I they've done it a million times, but I still like it behind the head with the pointy ears. Yep, looked good. Looked like an aged Kurtwood Smith, but it wasn't. Hmm. It might as well have been. Yeah. He's not doing um, anything, and he's been in Star Trek a million times or twice. Yeah. You know. I. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't know much about that guy. I mean, he was in RoboCop. Yep, and that's it. The 70s show. Yeah, that's all you need to know. Oh, all right. Also, every time I hear his name, it makes me think of Haywood Floyd. Mm-hmm. Kurtwood Smith. Mm-hmm. Somebody call. Uh, what like Kurtwood Smith impression. <laughs> Dumbass. Isn't that a thing he says? Yep. Right. Uh, what was your good thing? Uh, oh, yeah, I like Kima's alien makeup. Yes, me it, too. Although, once again, not that many aliens. No, you're absolutely right. Um, She looked great, though. This felt like the logical evolution of Bumpy Forehead Alien. Yes, because now her whole face, like, yeah. it's it's teased out from just between her eyes and, like, her whole face has a texture to it. Yeah, like, it's a very, it's very simple. Like, it looks like a football. It, yes. But like, but like in a good way. Yeah, but like it it works. It makes it makes the character look like it look like an alien without getting super elaborate. You know. Yeah, you still got a presumably an actual little girl, like maybe ten at the most, mm. having to act under that all day. Yeah. So and she still manages to get a lot of good expression. Out yeah. Of it, no. So it doesn't it doesn't like cover up her natural ability to act. Mm-hmm. Now those shots at the beginning when she's talking to her mom, she has the like the weird tongue thing, and it's just like yep. it's a really good way of establishing alien but you know yeah that's the thing on like star trek aliens like the the ones that are in starfleet or or starfleet adjacent they're basically stand-ins for people Mm -hmm. like the weird aliens are out there where we're exploring but like the relatable you know guys like us that look a little different or like i like that i like that a lot absolutely like i said the school had like three of her and a vulcan 
And that's it? Yeah. And it's like, are we st- really still? Really still not? Uh... You couldn't, like, I get budget, mm-hmm. but couldn't you, like, CG in some blue skin and antenna on a couple? Like, here's some Andorians. Like, you know. Just, I can definitely just... see a lot of alien races going, I'm not raising, my, I'm not having my kids go to an Earth school. Yeah, I guess that's true. What, so they can learn about Space Lincoln? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they can learn about Space Lincoln on the streets like my like my son, the Ensign on the Enterprise, did. <laughs> there he is. Or as we call him now, Regular Lincoln. Uh-huh. Regular Lincoln and Lincoln Classic. Yeah, Regular Lincoln comes with everything you see here. Lincoln parents Logs, put, I assume. The hat. I was going to say, your parents put his log cabin together. Mm-hmm. Um, Chair sold separately. I also like when they're in their fight, which... Nice, brutal fight. It wasn't oh, like a... yeah. It wasn't like a dumb TV version of a kid fight. Like, these kids were, like, you know, wailing on each That's other. That's the kind of great. shit that used to break out when you're... Like, back when you are in high school, you know? Yeah, it felt like a real kid. Like, it didn't feel exploitive. It felt like these are... This is how kids fight. Kind of ugly. Yeah. They really want to hurt each other. They're not pulling their punches or anything. Yeah, no kidding. And it doesn't look like stage fighting. No. I, but I like... Uh, uh, the one girl draws blood, mm-hmm. and... Uh, the, the alien one uh, has blue blood and yeah. it's nice. It's re- it looks nice really good. Nice I assume you, I assume you pulled their names from uh, memory, memory alpha. alpha. Yeah, I had yeah. to. They say them both the... at the beginning, and I missed both of them. Yeah. No, I'm real bad with that. If you don't reinforce it once or twice, I forget. Yeah. I'm I'm just that's a that's a limitation of mine. Mm-hmm. Um. What else? Ooh, huh. I think that's about all I had. Yeah, I got nothing. There's a little bit of uh, like there's a shot of uh, uh, Picard right at the end. Yeah, that's how we know it's connected. It's yeah. like uh, Captain Picard responds to emergency or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, cool. all right. Actually, he's admiral at this point, and what I've read is this, like, whatever incident that was led to his retirement, and that's where we catch up with him in the series. Oh, okay. Like this is the this is the one final thing like the that broke the the Picard's back. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a camel. They blew up Mars. I'm sad now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go might- get a dog and forget I ever had any friends. <laughs> just like the just like the lesson we learned at the end of my series. Uh huh. Work for seven no, years know. to have a family and throw it away. Whatever. Maybe maybe he got real pissed off that it was like uh, evil datas. That that's very that's I didn't know that was uh, that was going to be part of the series. Like from the the commercials I've seen, it all looks like Borg stuff. Mm. So I'm very, I'm very interested if they're going to get into the whole Android well, thing. I this is drawn entirely on like on the screen when mm-hmm. the emergency happens. It says rogue synths yeah. attack Mars. That's all I know. So I mean, you know, like like we've been saying, I I don't know a whole lot of what we're getting into next week, but uh, I nope. am. It's new though. Pr- I am it's, pretty optimistic. It's it's new stuff for us to cover. Like yep. yeah, it might be retreading old stuff. We'll see. I am I am a little skeptical, sure. but I'm not going to come in, you know, I'm keeping an open mind about Picard. Sure. That's all. Not doing a new song, but but I am. But I am. I just, you know, my my base level thing is uh this again, mm-hmm. but beyond that, there's there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. And if this is if it's more about this and less about Kung Fu Romulans, I'll be happy. Yeah, that would be good. I'm not super excited for Kung Fu Romulans. We'll see what happens. I don't know, man. It could be good. I hope it is. Yeah. I mean, this franchise does occasionally surprise us. Mm-hmm. Not as often as I'd like. Certainly but not. Occasionally. Also, this week, they announced two more live oh, action fuck, series. That's right. I forgot we hadn't talked about that yet. <laughs> yet to be named. We don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. 
You speculated one of them is the Pike series. Yeah. We've, we've, uh, I don't think that it is. But, I mean, that's uh, fair. That's what my money's on, though. I would, I would like that. But I don't, I don't think they're going to do that. We'll see. Uh, but that should be interesting. That'll mm-hmm. keep us going for a while longer, I guess. Yeah. This will be the so, Captain Worf show. They finally gave it to him. Ah, uh, nope. <laughs> I totally clicked on a clickbait article that was like uh, Worf in Picard. And I clicked it and it was all speculate. Well, it was all talking to the showrunners about what Worf would look like. Mm-hmm. If he showed up, he wouldn't look like the redesigned Disco Klingons. He'd still look like Worf. Yeah. But they also made it very clear. We have no plans to bring Michael Dorn back as Worf. It's just if he did. This is what we, would, we do. We would go back to the original look of Worf and not not alter it in any way. Yeah. So, okay. I fell for it. Mm-hmm. But also, I kind of like... I kind of like... Like, I don't wish ill on Michael Dorn. He's a great guy. Yeah. But there's still some mean part of me that thinks it's funny that he's never gonna... Like, he's the one been waving the flag for 20 years. Yep. And now he's gonna be the only one left out. Yeah. That's horrible, but also it's kind of funny. <laughs> I know I shouldn't laugh. The thing, the thing is, we now know Picard's been picked up for a second season. Yes, so we'll get to we'll, we're going to get to everybody eventually. We'll see. They've talked. I hope they're right. They're saying like they don't want to, they don't want to stretch credibility. They don't want to just bring people back to bring them back. Yeah, and I'd like to think that's true, but on the other hand, I don't know. Look, we'll if see. this show gets to see by season three, fucking Will Wheaton's going to show up on this show. So <sighs> that's just happening. Yeah, I know. When do you think John Delancey's going to show up? Oh God, sooner! I hope, hopefully, sooner rather than later. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, I, I hate think... the I hate the idea that that dude just stopped showing up to hassle him every few years. Maybe he died. Oh, that would make me sad. <laughs> I mean, John Delancey's fine. Yeah, sure. But what if Q died? No, I was I was watching uh, a couple couple of months back. I was watching Breaking Bad, and he shows up again, and I'm like, "Yep, this guy looks still looks real good. I'd love to see him show up on uh, on Picard with that little beard." Or you know, if they wanted to do the data thing, some kind of weird CG with sure. him doing the voice or whatever, that'd be all right. I could easily see him show up old and be all like, "I'm old too, Mon Capitan." Yeah, he did that. In yeah. all good things. Where's your mommy? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Just taunting him. <laughs> All right, anything else? Uh, that's everything I got. I guess I'm a little more excited for Picard than I thought, so yeah. that's good. I'll take it. Yeah, so uh, next week, yeah. we will do the first episode of Picard. Now, the the episode will be dropping on a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be recording the podcast for that Saturday morning and immediately turning that around for our Patreon supporters that day. Mm-hmm. So two days after it airs, about 48 hours after it drops, you get to hear our coverage. The rest of you get to hear it on Monday, still like only three or four days later. Yeah. So we're, you know, it's it's a rough schedule, but I ran it by everyone. They're all okay with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. It should be interesting and it'll keep us sort of on the on the crest of that wave of being the only the only show to cover all of this stuff. Yeah. So uh, pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. Okay. Uh, the website is ever postatomichorror.com. You can write to us, postatomichorror at gmail. Uh, the Tumblr, postatomichorror.tumblr.com. We are on Twitter at Algar at RobotMatt. And that's all for this week. Yep. See you, folks. The Postatomic Horror Podcast is a co production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2020. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun. <laughs>